It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell bounces the deep left. Cabrera is gonna watch it fly. He's at the track, he's at the wall, he leaps at the wall, and this one is out of here. Christian Kirtley. Gauchos are going to Omaha, can you believe it? John Newman wins it for the Gauchos. In the score is two. Here comes Mitchell, he's gonna score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Midwest. It's, uh, it's an effortless 95, sometimes. Yes, it is. Which Radar guns love to see. 0-2, break them all hit on the ground. Backhand, sliding stop, sprinkle, the throw to first on one hop, and Johnson with the pick. And that gets the Gauchos out of the first inning. A nice defensive gem by the shortstop, Jordan Sprinkle. Here's O'Connor. Swings and lifts it high in the air, center field. Back is Bohal, still going back. He's at the track, it's high off the wall. Karam's back into center field. Curtly rounding third, he's coming home. O'Connor headed to third base. He's gonna coast in with a stand-up triple as that gives the Gounces a four-nothing lead. McLean O'Connor drives it to deep center with the wind and has himself his second triple of the season. That was a blast. No balls and one strike to Kurt Lee, and he hammers this one to right field. Will it go? It is off the base of the wall. Christian Kurt Lee is going to round first and go to second. Zach Rodriguez is being waved home. The throw is going to be cut off by Nikolai. Another RBI double for Christian Kurt Lee. Well, almost a carbon copy of the one in the first inning. Absolutely. Rodriguez at first base, off the base of the wall, and there was... Not as close of a play at the plate, but a throw to home plate this time around. I've got the information right here. Highland, Redlands East Valley High School. Has, oh, Brock Mortensen yep. hits his high, hits it deep. Say goodbye. It's over the trees and right. There, that was a no-doubter. That was absolutely smoke. Brock Mortensen, take a trip around the bags. That's a two-run shot. And there's three runs plated here in the top of the fifth. Oh my goodness. All right, we have some exciting news. Oh. We have some exciting news. Born this morning at 9.45 a.m., 9 pounds, 12 ounces. Big <laughs> 20, baby. 20.5 <laughs> inches. Jenna and Justin welcome Atlas Wilson-Hakame. Congratulations, Justin and Jenna. Good picture. That is swell. Atlas Wilson Hockame. I love it. Welcome to the Gaucho family. I love it. How exciting. One ball, one strike here to Brock. Here it comes. There goes the runner from first. It's pulled down the right field line. Into score is Cummings. Rodriguez heading to third. He's being waved around. Stumbles a little bit. The throw's coming into second base. It's a two RBI double for Mortensen. And the Gauchos lead it 3-0. 3-2 pitch, fastball swung on and missed. Rodney got away with one there. That one was well out of the zone, but McFarland chases. So just like Oric, McFarland has now struck out in all three at-bats against Rodney. 13 strikeouts for Rod. That's one short of his season high, believe it or not. <laughs> 14 against CSUN on April 10th. Got a couple Riverside guys charting. David down below charting. Kevin taking some photos, and then our bus drivers posted up underneath an umbrella. 1-1 pitch. This one is driven into right field. It's going to fall. Zach Rodriguez is aboard with a single. Two runs are going to score. Cummings advances to third. It's 5-0 Gauchos. Slight pull on the infield. I think they're realizing just how much Jason Will likes hitting to the left side. Webb playing the hot corner, he's playing deep. Jason Willow hits this high, hits it deep. You can kiss it goodbye. Jason Willow clears the netting in left field, and he's got himself a solo shot here in the fifth. A 3-2 pitch that was absolutely clobbered. And it's now back-to-back -back weekends. Jason Willow has got a solo shot, and he makes it 6-0. 
This is a big spot here for Mortensen. Magic number is two, and he hits this one high. Hits it deep to right field. Will it stay fair? It will. A grand slam for Brock Mortensen. Brock Mortensen answers the bell. It's 12-0 Gauchos. Have a weekend, Brock. Second home run for Mortensen. That one was also a moonshot. I thought it was going to hook foul, but yeah, it caught only, a jet stream. The only question was whether it would be fair or foul. Where he later advanced on the pass ball and scored the run. That one was hit pretty hard and a tough one for Mata to handle it short. And then the double, of course, allowing Bortensen to go 270. 1-0 pitch. This is banged to right field. Back is Oric. Still going back. Still going back. It's up over his head, up against the wall. That's going to score three runs. Willow heading for third. He's going to coast in there with a bases-clearing triple here in the seventh inning. Man, Oric just kept drifting and drifting, and it was hit high in the air. And we've seen... It'll carry out there if it gets high enough. And it goes Oryx, over Oryx's head, a three-run triple for our boy, Jason Willow. He's got a cycle for the series. Yeah, a series cycle. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Kyle's Kitchen pregame show. Staying on? We're on. All right, Kyle Johnson, welcome to the Kyle's Kitchen pregame show. Just feels right, huh? Feels good, man. We're here at Riverside at the Plex. Uh, kind of weird getting here. We were stuck behind a couple of trains and that slowed down our arrival so we're running a tad bit late but um we're back here first time in two years that you've been back first time for me being here so what uh what is what is this field bringing back to you what's the first thing you notice when you come back here uh you know not a lot of great memories for the gauchos here obviously in 2019 we dropped the first two of that series when we were at that point top 10 top five in the nation so that was kind of a uh, kind of a shock to our system but you know being back here you know riverside i know we got guys from the area so i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to hurt any feelings but That's it's right. not not a place i see myself spending a whole lot of time okay in. all right but so we're back the last time you were here you were 400 in game three it's two for five you had a triple sure and that 15 to four romping of the Riverside Highlanders. What uh, what about that game? Why what was why were you so hot that game? It was a it was a triple to deep center and I yeah. I'm noticing that the gaps play pretty deep out here, but the corners are a little bit shallower. Do you remember that? Like, I do remember that. And the thing you should also notice is that the batter's eye here, it kind of slopes upward, but it's still in the uh, field of play. So the triple actually hit the top right corner of the batter's eye. Okay. So if it was either a foot higher or a foot to the right, it would have been, been a homer. Okay. But instead, I don't get many triples with my <laughs> foot speed, so that's actually a bonus, you know? Right on. Well, uh, a triple today or a home run today, I'll take it. But uh, in your last five at-bats, you've had two home runs. Uh, one was a three-run shot, and then one was a solo shot uh, against UCLA last week. And obviously not the results we wanted, but... Uh, what's your approach at the plate looking like right now? Yeah, I mean, I wish all of us wish we could have done a little bit more to win those games. But uh, personally, you know, I've been looking for more stuff out over the plate, kind of keeping with my uh, left center approach. And then that those pull side stuff, kind of things that just happen naturally. Okay, well, as it stands now, the wind is blowing out to right <laughs> center, it looks like. And we just watched some of their batting practice. So... You know, it looks like the balls are carrying well to the gap, which I think plays well for you. Yeah, I mean, if I were a betting man tonight, I'd probably take the over on the total run scored <laughs> just based on that. But, no, looking at the wind sometimes can be a trap for especially us left-handers when it's blowing straight out to right. We, yeah. worked, we worked a lot this week on not snap-hooking and not cheating to the pull side and really staying through stuff more in the Absolutely. left center. So, I mean... And we do have a... a I wouldn't say a, a soft righty tonight on the mound, but a softer righty. Yeah. It's on the lower side of the starting pitching, maybe on the 86 to 89. So yeah. how does that filter into your approach tonight? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, combined when you see a guy with not a lot of velo plus the wind blowing out, your mind automatically thinks, okay, this is a guy maybe I can hit some home runs off of. But I mean, for me personally, if I try to think about hitting home runs, that's when they don't come. For me, it's more... You start taking good at bats. You start thinking left center gap, everything hard over to the shortstop. 
and then if that guy misses in with that not as great velo, that's when you have your opportunities to go so, do some cool stuff. So QABs and natural bombs is what I'm getting. There we go. All right, perfect. And so we're Bay Area guys. We got a, we got the Bay Area in our blood, which yep. I like. But you're San Jose, Los Gatos, born and raised, right? Los Gatos. And was it, uh, remind me again, Lehigh? Lehigh School. Lehigh yeah. School, right on. Uh, but you're an A's fan, so across the bay. Why, what's, what? What brings about the Oakland A's fandom? Yeah, so I mean, if you're talking technical terms, Los Gatos is right kind of south Bay Area. So you can either go left up the peninsula or kind of right around the bay to get to Oakland. And they're both kind of equidistant. But I would say, yeah, I was raised along a lot more Giants fans. Yep. So I think maybe a little bit of the rebellious spirit <laughs> got me to the uh, green and gold, even though obviously the Giants have had their, their run and maybe it would have been a lot more fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know, it's a good season for both Bay Area teams, which is exciting. Yeah. Also in Bay Area sports. Well, I noticed, so you used to play basketball as well? I did, yes. Were I'll, you a shooter? Were you center? Where'd you play? Uh, I played a lot of small forward. Small so, forward? So what's that, the, the two, the, three? The three. Okay. So I was more more of a wing player. You know, I was pretty scrawny back then, so I would get pushed around in the paint. So I was more of a shoot a lot of threes and then maybe a little slasher. I like that. So do you follow Warriors basketball? Of course, yeah. What's uh, So obviously, tough game against the Lakers. I'm not sure if you watched that, but that one was a fun game to watch. I did. Yeah. And then we got Memphis tonight facing John Morant. It was 113-101 to 101 last time they played, Warriors winning. What's uh, Any bold predictions for tonight for the Warriors? Well, you also got to keep an eye out for uh, former Gaucho strength and conditioning coach Eric Schmidt on the oh. bench for the Grizzlies. Yeah. And... So, to be honest with you, I think I'm going to have to side with my guy, Eric. Oh, wow. And go with the uh, Grizzlies winning 110 to 104. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, it, Warriors last game, they scored about 100. And, and John Morant, they were, you know, they had a tough test their last game. Mm-hmm. But I like that prediction. Um, yeah, Eric Schmidt over with the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, now we got Luke. And, you know, Luke, yeah. Luke makes, his, makes his home here in Santa Barbara, which we like. Um, but I like that. It should be. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Kevin and I on the broadcast tonight. We'll, we're going to keep tabs on it, but obviously okay. keep tabs on the game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so late start tonight. We're starting at six o'clock. First pitch. What uh, what goes into your your game day preparation? Your you're keeping the mentality. How do you go about all that dead time before? Yeah. So I mean, I try to you know try to get some school done Mm -hmm. as much as I can on Fridays especially with these late late road games it's a little weird you got to monitor the uh the caffeine intake well normally on like the three o'clock starts you can get get the caffeine and you're right around game time but you know six o'clock you're risking a little bit and then you got the early turnaround tomorrow with a doubleheader of course so and you like to keep it light with settlers of Catan obviously obviously when I get the invite to play Catan with the uh the analytics guys and uh, Kevin. Yeah, that is that's what I wait for. All right, that's that's good. So, what's your uh, go-to strategy in Catan? Uh, you know, the words I live by in Catan is no wheat, no win. No wheat, no win. I so, say it's no no wheat equals defeat. <laughs> All the same, you know. Right, exactly. But <laughs> right on. So it looks like we're getting to batting practice soon. But there's one one question left, and it's the most important: Who hits the best ground balls to first base? Best ground balls to first base. Yours truly. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Go get him tonight, Kyle. All right, welcome back. Kyle's Kitchen pregame show. Gaucho's getting set to take on UC Riverside. My guest this morning, first base coach, volunteer assistant, Spencer Erdman. Spencer, this is game number 51. How are your legs holding up? Oh, my legs feel great. How's your arm holding up? I'm ready to get the job done, Kevin. (laughs) No, seriously. Like, you throw – have you counted how many pitches you throw on a weekend before? Uh, that, that's a little exhausting for me. I don't know if I can count that high. I remember when I was a manager, and it was here, in fact, UCR, a handful of years ago. Practice Thursday night and then BP for uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I counted every single pitch that I threw. It was over 1,300. <laughs> you think you reach that mark on a weekend? Well, I tell you what, I, I hope I throw more strikes than that, so maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm under 1,000. Well, you've been at third base coach for most of the year, and now you're over at first base coach with uh, Matt deciding to come back out onto the field. I thought, I thought it was great having him back out on the field because that's what I'm used to. 
having him coach third base. He coached there in 19 and 20. So what's what's like a primary difference between coaching third and coaching first? Well, first I would say that you're you're able to slow the game down a lot more at first base and work more on trying to work read the pitcher and get tails for steel jumps. That would be the the main difference for me that I'm focusing on because I can communicate with the guy on first base is my ultimate goal is to give him information so that way he can steal second. That's it. I, that's that's the, the for me that that's the that's the. So that's I the, guess for most listeners, like if you let's see, like little league or high school, you just you just throw a player over there and just say go coach first base, yell back when the pitcher picks over, like and that's that's about it, right? You just we don't want an empty box over there, but there's a lot more to it than than meets the eye, and, it, and it's an important position. Yeah, it's, it's 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 reminding guys to go first and third on a base hit to right field. It's saying you can get an extra step on your lead. It's making sure that they get the signs right. Just that extra line of communication from the coaching staff. Right, but you do the same things at first base and third base as far as communicating the outs and what what to do on a base hit and where the the defense is playing. The primary di- difference for me in a more nuanced fashion would be stealing third base for stealing second base and the things that go along with it, whether it's the pick times over to first base or the, t- the time from the pitcher's mound to home or the pop time of the catcher, or maybe the way that the middle infielders hold or hold their position versus getting to the back for a delayed steal opportunity. So it's all about finding those small things that you can take advantage of a defense on and then get yourself into scoring position because the ultimate goal is to get in the scoring position so that way we're not just stagnant on first base. You know, once we get to first base, we have a job to get all the way around the bases and score. So our our goal at first base is to find a way in the scoring position and ultimately find our way to touch home play as many times as we can. That's exactly the message that Matt said. I think, what was that, Wednesday? Wednesday before practice or Thursday before practice? Is just a subtle reminder to the guys. Like, look, goal number one when we set out in the fall was we're going to work towards scoring as many times as we can touching home plate as many times as we can. And it's verbatim what you just said. That's that's the Gouch's ultimate goal. So it starts with getting on first base. Now, you played at Division One level, of course, LMU. You played here at Riverside. What's – do you remember certain things that you liked about having a, a good voice in your ear at first base when you were a player when you get on base? Do you remember any of that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I – my coach, Bobby Andrews, at the time, he did a really good job of keeping me calm and making me understand that, hey, look, you don't need a perfect jump. All you need is the confidence to be able to go. Were you a base dealer? Yeah, yeah, I could, I could steal bases. I didn't you steal. You got wheels? That <laughs> was okay, Kevin. Okay. That was okay. Uh, so that, 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 that's something that I always valued. And then also, going beyond the situation, one of the most valuable things that Bobby ever told me was when I got on first base, I was I was frustrated about an at bat that I had, but ended up getting on first. And the whole point of being in the batter's box is to get on base, so that way you can help your team win. And I was selfishly feeling sorry for myself that I put a ball in play weekly, and you know I I wasn't very excited about being on first base. So I was uh, talking bad to myself, and he said, "Hey, look, if someone talked to you the way you talked to you, would you let them be your friend? Like would?" You always want yourself to be your best friend. And so that message always stuck with me of like, hey, the self-talk that you have, if you let somebody speak to you that way, there's no way you would ever be friends with that person. And he actually told me that in the middle of a game, staying on first base. And that was an extremely valuable lesson that I still think about today. Well, keeping a level head and whatever, what did, what did you just say? It was clearing your head when you get on first base and helping the team win and not worrying about whether you got jammed or you broke your bat or you didn't put the best swing on it but you got you made it to first base right and that's some of the little battles that you deal with as a player and now as a coach and I'm speaking towards the previous two weeks where Gauchos maybe underperformed and were disappointed in their performance against Irvine and disappointed in their performance against UCLA and it's hard to come out and stay, stick with the same process when, when you lose, right? And as a, as a coach, you're trying to find a way to help the guys bounce back, and then you're trying to bounce back as a coach as well. What are some of the things that you did this week and the Gouchers did this week 
to help them bounce back, maybe tweak the process a little bit and get back to doing what they set out to do in the first place. Yeah, well, Coach Shaker did a good job of adjusting the plan slightly, and Matt did a good job of that as well. We made some adjustments as far as uh, what we do with our batting practice routine and our defensive routine, but I think the most important part was just emphasizing that every single day we need to work to get better at the game of baseball and play the game the way that we want to and not necessarily feel that, you know, we're entitled to just playing the game well without putting in the necessary work. And if we continue to worry more about what goes into a good baseball game as opposed to the outputs that come from a good baseball game, then we'll be in a good position to win some good baseball games. One of my favorite things during practice in the week is the competitive ground balls where you take competitive swings. I think you look forward to that because you get to grab a big barrel and get soft toss and hit it as hard as you can to your infielders. Where did that come from? Is that something that you came up with or is that something that Chex wanted to instill uh, with the infielders? Because they get, what, 4.2 seconds to try and make the play. You're getting a short toss to you. You got gloves on and it's it's like a live defensive read. They got to beat the clock. Where'd that come from? Yeah, I've actually been doing that for a few years. I started doing that at San Barbara City College with uh, some of our third basemen at the time. I felt like they weren't getting enough game-like reads and their first steps were pretty poor. And so I started to implement that and then I started to implement it on the stopwatch. And I was like, man, I really like this because it feels game-like and you, I, I, you, you kind of- make a game out of it too. It's, exactly. it's the batter versus the defense. Exactly. And so, so it, it takes the, we, we spend so much time focusing on the fundamentals and technique and but then there's a time for that but then there's also a time to go out and play and perform and compete and have fun and so I think that's one of the most valuable that drills that when coach check said hey make sure you you implement more pressure defense I said I I can't wait to do that and of course it always feels good to pick up a bat and try and try and beat someone absolutely and maybe send it over the fence once or twice? Yeah, so far only once. So far only <laughs> once, but I'm working towards getting it over the fence a couple more times. All right, just, just keep hitting the kettlebells. <laughs> the subtle nuances of the game and the subtle nuances of practice uh, leading into the week. Doubleheader today, long day in the sun, but we're ready to go. So, uh, Spence, thanks for the time. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? We're doing quite well. How are you doing? How are your glasses? Oh, they're good. I forgot them on Friday, and it was like the worst day of my life. <laughs> yeah, I felt well, lost. How was the sun on Friday? I guess I didn't pay it. It's I was paying fine. more attention to the to the wind on Friday. Honestly, most early in the season, a lot of the fields, the sun was bad. But now, the sun is getting, I guess, higher. You could say with more of a a set in the north, I believe. Yes. And so Accurate. at home and in here, it's 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 high enough that it doesn't really get in your line of sight. So it's okay. a little better, even though it does set on the third base side. So you're kind of looking into it in center field, maybe a little bit, not yeah. really, though. I, I had a little bit of it on, actually, when I was taking a lead off first the other day, but that's the only time I've, I've had her. Well, good thing you have clean sunglasses. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, well, shoot, four hits yesterday. Yeah. And what was that, game two? Game two, yeah. Game two. How'd that homer feel? Uh, it felt pretty good. I, uh, it was, I mean, I got myself in a, a good count. Well, not a good count, but a full count spitting on a couple good pitches and then uh, got a good pitch and I mean I the, the way this field is and like the wind and everything I, I didn't think because you hit it to the left and it's it's blown out to right it's been center. blown out to right all weekend so I mean I got her pretty good though and from what I heard I cleared the net which is pretty cool but <laughs> <laughs> but no I don't know I just put a good swing on it and I didn't look this up but have you had a four hit game as a gaucho no that was my first okay nice yeah yeah so it was, that was pretty cool and it felt good, so it was a, it So was you weren't day. you weren't thinking triple on that last one? You were thinking, I just got to get a four-hit game. No, I was thinking triple. I was thinking triple, and I got a little inside pitch, and I tried to inside out it. And I mean, it's it, you should never be mad for getting a hit, but I kind of just inside <laughs> outed a line drive over the second baseman, and I was a little mad. But, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's all right. Yeah, you got to get four-hit right. game before the second. Yes, you do. Yeah. Well, so playing in center field, you're back in center field. Yep from second base yeah your boy louis yeah my boy <laughs> playing playing second yeah we got it. how was so let's i want to talk about the play from ucla last weekend where you got it in left center and threw a strike to second base yeah uh i don't think i ever did that as an outfielder getting a runner at second base trying to stretch a single to a double yeah was that just to grab the ball spin and let your your spidey senses yeah i just figure it, it out yeah i had i was right on the money 
It was. I have a lot of tail on my ball, and I, I let go of it. Then I saw it at a good line because it started left, so it kind of sailed back, and McLean tried to look kind of cool with acting like the ball wasn't coming in, even though the runner could see the ball coming in. Um, He's looking right at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was, I mean, it was cool. I think I was, I think that was my first outfield. Actually, no, I had one earlier in the season, but outfield assists always, always make you feel good. So there's a, the so Louis, the Louis to Louis connection. Yeah. The eight, connection, four, huh? eight, four put out of yeah, second no. base. Yeah. It, it that, was pretty cool. That was exciting. It was exciting because I had the camera on it and I got a great shot. Yeah, with, great shot. With yeah. him dropping the tag right on the, on the hand before it slid in. So mm-hmm. that was, that was a sweet play, but here at Riverside, the outfield slopes up yeah. towards the outfield fence. Usually it slopes down. Yeah. At most yards, what's it like? Because you're probably in center field, like looking straight down. Yeah, you. At, it reminds it, me of my high school field. Yeah, I felt like it I was seems on top like of you're over top of the mound, and it's it's weird. Balls don't. You, you run balls down quicker because you're going up. I, I that's what I've found for the I mean the, the three games that we played so far. It seems like it's easier to run balls down, and but uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an odd odd field here for sure. Cause you had you haven't had any hit out to right center where the ball where the the wind takes it? No. Not yet in the series, no, right? But I've some of that have been out to left. Left center, and they haven't gone anywhere. Because it'll, it'll hold up yeah, if you sure. hit it in the no. left center, which is – those are easy to track down as outfielders. Yeah. The ones that, that take off on you, like at Caesar, that yeah. are hitting the gap, like shagging fly balls over the week when it was windy, like yeah. it just flies on you. Yeah, playing, playing center at Caesar makes you a good outfielder just because how big our gaps are. I mean, most places on the road – the gaps aren't even close to as big as UCLA as they are. was just 370. To the yeah, gaps. exactly. Yeah. So it it uh, it makes it a lot easier when on the road playing, um, which is good. So no no field catches our outfielders off guard. Not even not even Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii is that small outfield? Not even, even though Hawaii, you were at second no. base in that series, right. but you played there before. Small yeah, outfield. Very small outfield. Yeah. It's easy to get the ball. Easy. Yeah. Okay, so five games left. Yep. Five games left. Gotchas probably need five wins. Yep. What's your approach going into today's game, having won three games, and then going into next week against Bakersfield? I think we just got to keep playing like how we have been. Um, Does it feel loose? You guys feel loose this weekend yeah, compared to last Yeah, which is good, and I like that. I think it's. I think at times we get caught being uptight, and uh, and I mean we've been having a lot of fun this weekend. I mean the the scoreboard's been showing a lot, but I mean as as a team and especially as an offense, it seems like we've been we've been having a lot of fun. Um, all around doing doing this stuff. I think the offense is a really good approach this weekend. We've been, uh, I mean, we haven't been seeing the best arms in the world, but at the same time, we've been, you know, doing good good stuff, getting runners over, bunting, stuff like that. So I think it's been a good week so far. You looking forward to senior week next week? Yeah, yeah. Big senior guy. Big senior guy. Might be a big fifth year senior guy, which will be even crazier. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's exciting. Hey, it's, we'd love to have you back, Chase. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of sad. No, a bunch of the guys have been playing with, knowing that it's kind of our, our last two weekends playing together as a as a core, and we've been together for so long now. So it's weird thinking that, but at the same time, I mean, it's exciting. It's uh, the season's been flying by. It's crazy how quick it's been going. In a while, like you go through the first couple weekends, and you're like, wow, okay, we're playing baseball again. Yeah. You're just trying to get back in the routine, yeah. and then you snap your fingers, 30 games, snap your fingers again, yeah. it's 50 games. Yeah, I mean, from my four-year experience now. It seems like once conference starts, that's when things really just speed up. Familiar opponents. Yeah, getting familiar opponents, yeah. getting a routine. Um, it's made a little longer this year with the four-game weekends. Um, but then again, we don't have midweeks, so it's uh, the, the weeks do really just fly by. And uh, and it kind of it all blends together almost, I, I should say. Well, I've had a lot of fun this year, and I know there's a lot more baseball to be played. So have a great approach out there. Yep. today for the Sunday and uh, feel, feel good. We're going to have a great day. Appreciate that. You have a great day on the mic too, Kevin. <laughs> hey, thanks, Jason. <laughs> Jason Willow, I uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. All right, David and Spencer are here to recap the UCR series, Gaucho's four-game sweep. 7-3 on Friday, sweeping the doubleheader Saturday, 14-3 and 12 to nothing, And then a nice 10-6 win yesterday to complete uh, the sweep. Gauchos improved to 35-18 and overall, 25-11 and in the Big West Conference. They are three games out of first place heading into the final weekend of the regular season. 
currently sitting at number 56 in the RPI, so they maybe move up one, but essentially remain level in the RPI and are in position if they play well this last weekend of the season to make things really hard for the committee to leave the Gauchos out of the tournament. I think they have uh, so far a strong resume. If they can get 38, 39 wins, I mean, that's that's pretty significant. And then finish in second place outright in the conference. So that's where they currently stand right now. We're going to get into the weekend series with the Highlanders. Any thoughts initially before we get to our players and moments of the week from David? Just general thoughts on the weekend. Yeah. We did what we needed to do. We we have to win as many games as we can do, and, and sweeping Riverside was a huge step towards helping us get towards the postseason. So, I mean, however we get it done for the rest of the year, winning is, is the goal, and that's what we did. Spencer? I second that. Well said, Tilly. Just, uh, you know, each guy came into the weekend with a job to do, and they executed, and um, – and that's that's the result when uh, when you execute the job that you got to do, you get wins, and they came in a plenty for the Gauchos. Yeah, UCSB over the weekend hit 349 as a team. They scored 43 runs, stole eight bases, slugged 517, and did what they had to do to get the four wins, and that's what they needed over the weekend. So four more to play, Cal State Bakersfield next weekend at home. We'll have Senior Day on Sunday and four more games at Cesar Wasaka Stadium this year. Uh, amazing season. Considering everything that went into leading up to the season and last summer, uh, it's been great to play 50-plus games and have a full season. So just want to put that out there. Let's get to our awards for the weekend, starting with Spencer, since David went first last week so spencer my turn who's your player of the week my player of the week is jason willow dang it he hit (laughs) (laughs) he hit 450 on the weekend um in his 20 at bats he had nine hits scored six runs he hit for the cycle on the weekend uh it was four doubles a triple and a homer eight rbis um he was just too shy of the lead there behind Brock, who had 10. But he slugged 900 on the weekend, had a 476 on base percent, and he played uh, clean center field and some second this weekend. Um, but it just seemed like when the na- when his name needed to be called, he was there to step up. Um, most notably, he-, he blew it open in the fourth game. He was still fairly close. and. Um, well, Granillo, Granillo had just come in um, in a close game. He was the hardest thrower that we saw the weekend. And he walked one, pegged two. Uh, he got Kurt, and then Willow, with two outs, stepped up and hit the bases clearing triple, and that blew the game open and solidified the – essentially solidified that fourth win for the Gauchos. Um, and then the home run that he hit was – an absolute moonshot. It was a solo shot in the fifth inning of game two of the doubleheader, game three of the weekend. And um, it was over the net. He absolutely crushed it. He went four for five that day. And um, he was he was running circles around the bags. Pretty good choice. Pretty good choice. He was going to be my pick. So I'm going to have to rethink some things here while David – makes his pick player of the week uh i'm gonna go with cole cummings uh, he only had 13 at bats on the weekend because he had six walks as well so uh cole's been doing that all year i think i saw he's got 42 walks on the season to lead the team um he's been great at the top of the lineup and getting on base and having guys on base for z rod and for the other middle of the lineup hitters uh brock and those guys to be able to drive in the runs. So uh, Cole Cummings is going to be my player of the week. Ended up also hitting 462 uh, to lead the Gauchos this weekend. Uh, Had a double to go along with that. And then I believe uh, three RBIs and seven runs. So uh, definitely helping it out. And then played a solid third base all weekend as well. 
Did you throw stolen bases in there? Two stolen bags? He was two for two. two. Stolen, two for two on stolen bags as well, yeah, um, which was tied for uh, the lead on the team in, in stolen bases this weekend. All right, so two offensive guys go off the board. I mean, I, I'm tempted to go another offensive guy, but we have to show pitchers some love. They only allowed uh, 12 runs in the four games on the weekend, so I'll go with Rodney Boone who struck out 13 in game one of the doubleheader on Saturday, six and two thirds, four hits, just one run, the three walks, and then 13 punch outs. That was his second highest total on the season. He struck out 14 against CSUN. And with those 13 Ks, Rodney has surpassed McGreevy for the team lead with one weekend to go. So Boone with 105 and McGreevy with 104. So they'll be duking it out for the uh, team strikeout title and their one slash hopefully two or more remaining starts on the year. Uh, Rodney also got the win, which broke a three-game losing streak, and his record now 9-4, and four, and he has a chance to win uh, 10 games on the year next weekend with his start against Bakersfield. So that's my player of the week, Rodney Boone. Let's throw out some honorable mentions because I think it's it's worthwhile. One honorable mention per guy, starting with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, okay. Yeah, right. we'll just yeah. go back. We'll go back around. It's like Catan, snake right? Draft. Snake draft. Spencer wow. goes first, then David, then me, and I get to go twice, and then it'll go David and back to Spencer. Yeah. Right. Snake draft. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm going to take Brock Mortensen honorable mention. 10 RBIs, two homers, a double. And his first three hits of the series was a RBI double, RBI single, or a two-run homer, RBI double, and a grand slam in the first three games. So he had, he had three hits, three extra base hits, and nine ribbies before he had an RBI single on Sunday. And, uh, man, when, when Brock gets up with bases, with guys on base – and he's swinging it like he's starting to feel it. He's dangerous. He's nice to have in the lineup. Also leads the Gauchos now with 13 home runs, and he's one back of Rodriguez for the team lead in RBIs with 47. Okay, David, honorable mention? I just add on to that. He might be leading the Big West as well. I think the two-run home run tied him for the Big West lead. I'm not sure if the Grand Slam gave him the lead in the Big West with 13 home runs. I can look that up while you make your pick. Verify. Uh, I'm gonna go with Corey Lewis. He got the uh, the Madison uh, Madison Bumgarner complete game, uh, <laughs> if you will. Uh, seven innings in what was scheduled to be a nine inning game. Uh, complete game shutout, if you will. Uh, only allowed two hits, struck out five, walked one. Uh, batting average against was uh, 100. So I mean just absolutely carving. Uh, it's tough to do that in game two. We've been out in the sun all day on Saturday, uh, a long day. So Corey went out there and did his job uh, just like the rest of the team and, and helped us get a, a big series win. Good pick. Swept it right out from underneath my feet. <laughs> um, so my honorable mention is going to go to the infielders. The infielders this weekend, uh, while the fielding percentage was 986, there were, a, I can't remember how many double plays there were turned. Um, I got to double check the stats. Uh, but there were five double plays turned and uh, it was just solid all weekend. Um, I believe there were only two errors that were made. And, um, you know, thankfully the defense, when there were errors, picked themselves right back up and made some spectacular plays. Um, but they were executing and it looked like, you know, it, it just made it a lot easier for the pitchers because obviously they were working with leads for the most part. I don't know if we were ever down. We were down once. On Sunday. And, once on Sunday and that was quickly flipped because we scored two right after we had given up the one. So at that point, the Gauchos had the lead. And when you have the lead pitchers pitch to contact and when there's plays being made behind them, 
they executed. And it was a lot of fun watching those guys because, um, you know, whether it was digging out a pick or, uh, I, I mean, I guess turning double plays, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and Coach Chegets messaged the team after the game on Sunday stating that about the uh, the defense played on the infield, especially over the weekend. Championship caliber was what he said. So, yeah, getting it done on the infield. Uh, a couple notes about the stats. Mortensen is tied with Dylan Tatum of UCI with 13 for the conference lead. Rodney Boone and McGreevy are 1-2 in the conference in K's and Rodney Boone leads the conference in wins with nine. Also, Jordan Sprinkle leads the conference in stolen bases with 22. So, Couch is getting it done uh, at the top of the leaderboards. Let's go to our moment of the week. Spencer, you kind of you mentioned the, the Willow one. I'm assuming maybe you're going to go with that, the Willow yep. triple as a moment of the week. That's what I'm going with. That was uh, that was pretty sweet. It was clutch, as clutch as clutch could be, and Willow smoked it off the wall. We, I mean, we gave up a home run to left field, and you could kind of see that Brock, or yeah, it was Brock. He was just kind of kept drifting to it. I thought it was gonna not carry, but it did carry. And then Willow's, it was a hard fly ball, and uh, Oric was out and right, and he just kept tracking 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 next thing you know he was out the wall and uh willow had a nice stand-up triple and um big moment i thought that that was um i mean we had a lot of awesome extra base hits i think we had a couple rbi doubles where guys were trading places i think it was in game one um currently had a double and then willow might have had a double or it was mclean but uh it was just Fun watching guys circle bags and Jason Willow's triple was kind of the icing on the cake for the weekend because um, he came up in a big spot and executed. David, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Willow and go with his home run on uh, I think it was Saturday. Um, <laughs> the pitcher is charting on Sunday uh, in, a, in the final game when Willow came up for his first at bat. Said, "Well, he hit one onto Blaine Street in his last at bat. Let's see what he does here." Because uh, that ball that ball left the yard and, and went a long ways. I think it cleared the net uh, beyond left field fence. So uh, that was definitely a big home run. And then, yeah, just that, that triple was definitely the icing on the cake for the weekend and really helped us uh, get that four-game sweep. So that was a good pick, Spence. Okay. Strong picks. Strong picks from the two of you. But you missed the, big, the biggest one, the overarching moment of the week. Atlas, Wilson, Hockamay. That was the Maybe. newcomer of the week, Kevin. Oh, okay. Come on. It's the newcomer. <laughs> it's the newcomer of the week, the the moment of the week. <laughs> a variety of different things. But yeah. Atlas Wilson Hawkmay born on Saturday morning to Justin and Jenna. Welcome to the Gaucho family. So that's my that's my moment of the week. Sorry, Spencer, for taking the comeback player. <laughs> no, newcomer. That was a newcomer, New, of newcomer of the week. Newcomer newcomer but, uh, of the week. I had I had a comeback player of the week and it was allergies. <laughs> yeah you were struggling man uh the wind the wind and the pollen i thought i was gonna be rescued by leaving town on thursday but no the wind the wind and the pollen found us in riverside so that was my comeback uh or my yeah comeback player of the week allergies my uh well normally i'm the allergy guy so that was kind of it was nice not being the one struggling this time. Um, but how about newcomer? And that yep. goes to Sam Whiting. Uh, Sam made his first appearance, probably not the cleanest inning that he would have liked to have in his Gaucho debut, but... Um, Collegiate debut. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Collegiate debut for Sam. Um, he didn't get the chance to throw in the shortened season last year. And then uh, he's been rehabbing as of late. And uh, I mean, he's been... He's been pumping. I don't know what he was sitting, Tilly. He throws a, a good hard fastball. That's a heavy fastball and a wipeout slider, and um, it was it was just awesome to see him toe the rubber. Even though he was thrown in the stats initially as Adamson, um, we knew that it was Whiting up there, and that's what mattered. Yeah, he, he topped out at ninety miles an hour and was sitting about eighty-eight to eighty-nine. So 
uh, yeah, definitely great to see him out there. Okay, Catan scoreboard. Spencer, two wins. Yep. Two I got I got one. I got one. Birdman had two. Birdman had two until he got shut out. And Emma Hoffman on the board, her first win of the year. She's on the board. In Catan. So good for Emma. Uh MLB report. Bieber five and a third, eight hits, three runs, one walk, and six K's and a no decision against who is that, Minnesota? Yes. And then Kyle Nelson. On Sunday, starter only went three and two thirds. Nelly comes in, goes an inning and a third, one hit, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. So Nelly throwing, getting four outs for the for the uh, for the Indians on Sunday. Bieber's next start will be. Let's see, when is his next start? I had this prepped. Yeah, Bieber's next start Thursday morning against the Detroit Tigers on the road. So keep an eye out for Biebs on Thursday, pitching against Detroit. Let's look ahead to Bakersfield. Final series of the weekend. The Roadrunners are 17-15 and 15 in the conference, 20-19 and 19 overall. They lost 3-4 of four to UCI last weekend, hitting 271 as a team. 5.05 team ERA. One of their assistant coaches is former Gaucho assistant, Quinn Hawksworth. But traditionally at Bakersfield, they've been scrappy. They've been tough. They have won games on the road at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. They've beaten the Gauchos at home. They have been a, a tough opponent. Uh, first time facing them on a weekend series in Coach Checkett's era. And this is a big series, obviously, for the Gauchos because – Bakersfield, they have the ability to win games on the weekend. Obviously, the Gauchos want to try and win four to put forth the best possible resume. So it's going to be a tough task for the Gauchos this weekend. And they also have um, one of the better hitters in the Big West, Tyler Jorgensen, who's uh, hitting 357. And he was, for a time, he was hitting above 400 and was leading or amongst the top 10 in the leaderboard in the nation in batting average. So. Gaucho's got a task ahead. Any notes from you guys? I'm just looking to the pitching side of things. Um, it looks like they pitch by committee for the most part. Um, when you're looking at like the box score from their series against Irvine, you know, Irvine, obviously an incredibly talented team and, and they, they hit the ball hard, make it tough for the pitchers. But um, in, this weekend, Three pitchers used in the first game, five in the second game, seven in game three, and then four in game four. So uh, pitch by committee, you see some guys going back-to-back days, and that's not easy at all. So if the Gauchos, um, you know, if the Gauchos can knock the starter out early, I think that uh, it should be should be a beneficial weekend. And Obviously, that's the goal is just to to get guys on early and often and, and work from there. Um, and if the Gaucho Bats look as good as they did this past weekend, this upcoming weekend, I think uh, we should be in all right shape against a good Bakersfield team. Yeah, I mean, you guys said it. Uh, they've, they've got some good hitters on their team. They've got a couple uh, starters with some decent numbers, but um... – we're just going to have to take it one game at a time and, and keep our team approach that we had against Riverside. Uh, as long as everybody does their job, uh, we, we should be in good shape come Sunday. Yeah, I thought the team approach was great over the weekend. Lots of team up bats, even in in some innings where the game was well in hand, they were still taking team ABs uh, and doing good things up and down the lineup. I think uh, I wrote this down for... Let's see, the game two win, eight different players had an RBI in game two. Eight different players. So contributing top to bottom in the lineup. And that's what you want to see from a good baseball team that the Gauchos are. So Friday, series begins against the runners, 5 p.m. from Caesar Wasaka Stadium. UCSBGauchos.com for the audio only, Big West TV. We'll be back so you can watch the game or listen to the game. Uh, 
four more games left. Doubleheader Saturday at 1 o'clock, and then Senior Day at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Looking forward to that one, and I know you guys are too. So, uh, David Spencer, thanks for the time and the hard work as always, and we'll see you at the yard. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Today's episode of the Gotcha 9 podcast was presented by Kyle's Kitchen, our great friends over at Kyle's who have great burgers and salads, adult beverages, the works. Check them out downtown in Goleta or in Isla Vista. This episode was also presented by a guy with a truck junk removal. Call 805-689-1413 for a free, no obligations quote. They are licensed and insured in Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. All right, thank you to our interviewers, Kyle Johnson, Spencer Erdman, Jason Willow. Big thanks to Spencer and David for all of their hard work and a great performance by the Gauchos over the weekend against the Highlanders. Bakersfield is up next. Last regular season home series for UCSB, 5 o'clock on Friday against the Runners. Ideally, the Gauchos would like four wins to maximize their resume, currently sitting at 35-18. and 39 wins would be pretty strong and hopefully a slight boost in the RPI currently sitting at 56. So lots to play for this weekend and it's going to be a fun time at the yard celebrating uh, the seniors and maybe seeing Atlas Wilson Hawkmay for the first time. So uh, going to be a good week coming up final regular season week of the year and hopefully some postseason to talk about next week. So uh, we'll see you at the yard on Friday as the Gouchers take on the Bakersfield Roadrunners. Enjoy the week.